Greetings and welcome to Level Select, a podcast exploring video game levels, maps, chapters, worlds, and so on. I am your host, Robert Beach, and what is on our plate today, Sarah Case? Today, we are looking at the chapter Mountain Trek in the video game Unravel. Video game Unravel. Mm-hmm. How would you describe or define Unravel as like a game? Just, you know, like more or less the elevator pitch of it. It's like a indie puzzle platformer with gorgeous graphics based around a little, I don't know, like three inch tall yarn, red yarn man. And there are lots of like puzzle mechanics based on how much yarn he's made of and how much you can use. And he's tied by this, this red yarn back to his house. And you can only go so far before you need to go get more yarn and pick up some more and continue on the levels. You know, I'm just noticing right now. What? Does Yarny have a gender? <laughs> I don't know. Probably Because we're, we're also assuming, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Yarny's, Yarny's some sort of, like, nebulous... That's true. Dude. Yeah. I guess I'm conflating Yarny with, with the creator. Because I've been just saying Yarn Man to refer to the creator <laughs> and, and Yarny interchangeably. So He's the same person, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is the Yarn Man. <laughs> well, speaking of um, Unravel creative director Martin Stalin... Stalin? Stalin. Yes, mm-hmm. it's not Stalin. Stalin. <laughs> That'd be I, rough. I, I, I'm. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Stalin was a known lover of yarn figurines. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just a couple of decades too late on that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Off to a rousing start. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Unravel was created by Coldwood Studios, and it's a Swedish based game developer. And actually, the story of Coldwood takes place in around uh, 2003, where Swedish game developer Daydream closed its doors. Now, Coldwood started out of that closure, based out of uh, six of those developers at Daydream wanting to continue being game developers at that time. Now, Unravel creative director Martin Salen, right? <laughs> Salen? Yep. Okay, there we That's go. That's his name. Notes that in 2003... Daydream was one of the first big game development studios in Sweden. Now, 15 years later, that's hardly the case. Now, we'll, we'll name a few Swedish game developers still going on today. Sarah, can you take a stab at this? Frictional Games, who made Amnesia. Avalanche Studio- Studios, who made Just Cause. Machine Games, who made Wolfenstein The New Order. Simogo, who made Year Walk. Starbreeze Studios, who made Payday 2. Paradox Interactive, who made Crusader Kings 2, and Mojang, who made Minecraft. Mojang. 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 Is mm-hmm. it Mojang? It is. Oh, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. You have. <laughs> <laughs> so Coldwood started out in the early 2000s, and you think Unravel, like you've never heard of Coldwood before, and it's like, well, you kind of have, looking at their, oh gosh, more, more so the most recent palette, but we, they started out more or less doing, I don't want to say budget games but it, it was it was more or less just like several budget snow-based racing games like ski racing 2006 and ski do snow x racing so those ra- snow-based racing games kind of cluttered coldwood's library until two playstation move games boosted coldwood's profile more or less for better or for worse now Salin notes this shift at coldwood with this statement sarah can you read this one Alright. Eventually, we felt the need to do something that was more our thing. The first attempt to do that focused purely on technology. We've always liked 
We've always liked physics-based gameplay, so I came up with an idea for a totally physics-driven fighting game. That ended up as our first bigger project, and quite honestly, things could have gone better. The finished game ended up very far from what we set out to make in a number of ways, but the good thing is that we at least learned a lot from it. Now, that was from one of the uh, articles from the Unravel official sites. A couple of like, development um, articles whooped up, along with some of the development developer diet diaries put up with it. Those are actually kind of neat, but uh, those games in reference were actually Move Fitness in 2013 and The Fight Lights Out in 2010, both PlayStation Move games meant to capture the Wii audience with motion-based games with a harder edge to it. <laughs> now, The Fight Lights Out stood out to me because it's remarkable, remarkable for one reason and, and exactly one reason. Because like that's all we like, kind of like, like latched onto in two thousand and ten when when this rather unremarkable fighting game, this motion-based fighting game, came out. It had Danny Trejo, Mr. Machete himself, <laughs> Uncle Machete, <laughs> Uncle Machete, yeah, from Spy Kids, <laughs> my favorite, exactly. <laughs> So he, he, he's more or less your trainer in the fight, lights out. It's full motion video of Danny Trejo training you how to fight, and I'll play some clips here. Right? Sarah, you can you have the uh, luxury of watching these real quick. Oh, wonderful. Keep your damn feet in place. You'll break the game if you keep running around. Any other body part you want to move is okay, <laughs> but not your feet. Not unless I tell you. You got that? If you mess up, Get back in the guard pose and press the circle button. You got cojones? <laughs> Show them. Make sure the PSI can see these at all times or things will get messy. <laughs> Look out for this sign. When you see this, you're not doing it right, cabrón. <laughs> to walk, hold down the move really button on either of your motion wiggles. controllers. And tilt it where you want to go. Snarling Danny Trejo gently gesturing the PlayStation Move motion controllers. <laughs> Don't point like you're stabbing no. you. A little tilt will do. That's how you stab it. That's like you, you try it. See if you can keep up with your opponent. Punch like you mean it. A good punch <laughs> is like a good knife. Short, sharp, and cut straight to the point. Don't wave your hands around like you're chasing flies. Befuddled Danny Trejo doggy paddling. <laughs> do it right! That's how you chase flies. <laughs> Do it right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I was just like astonished just to see that this this oh god the this sixty nine year old man doing these doing these videos and mind you he was doing um, press tours with this game so you have ha have these kind of like oh my gosh it's it's Danny Trail remember mm -hmm. from uh, from all those Robert Rodriguez films. <laughs> Like they, 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 he's a bunch of like fucking nerds and, 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 and like various like game journalists and, and, and like various <laughs> games playing people just saying like, hey, it's that old guy. <laughs> it's that old guy who's somehow like really fit and always angry at the t all the time. <laughs> Danny Trejo from the canonically continuous Machete and Spy Kids movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Danny Trejo uh, more or less got his big acting break when it was like, oh gosh, when he was like, I'm like in his 40s or 50s, it seems like. Because he was still pretty old when he started starring in uh, Robert Rodriguez films like uh, Desperado, 
Spy Kids, and eventually Machete. I vaguely remember reading some biography about him where he genuinely had lived a full life before exactly, he became yeah. an actor. Like he was involved in. Like, and then eventually, stuff. like during the filming of like several <laughs> Robert R- Rodriguez films, like it's like, oh wait, you're my second cousin. What? Robert Rodriguez is my second cousin. Oh my god. Nice. Yeah, but uh, more or less, quick brief brief summary on Danny Trejo before his acting career. <laughs> he was a child a child drug addict and criminal and was in and out of jail for 11 years. He was in prison for armed robbery and drug offenses. So he knows I'm not trying to discredit him, but he's, he's seen some shit. He's done some shit. And then here he is, I don't want to say more or less cashing out, but, you know, <laughs> goes without saying. <laughs> Wiggling controllers is a lot easier than stabbing dudes, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just miming PlayStation Move actions, po-faced, is a good way to make money instead of robbing a store. Mm-hmm. And again, he was 69 years old when this game came out in best 2010. Age. Exactly, yes. Nice. The, the best days. <laughs> the nicest age, you can say. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> so, back to our un- Unravel creative director. Yeah. He continues to say this statement. I so hope he met. Anyway, here's a statement. The thing is, despite all its failings, that fighting game did really well. It reached a pretty huge audience. It was a bit of a shock to me when I realized just what that meant. Basically, I'd had the undivided attention of hundreds of thousands of people, but I didn't try to say anything meaningful to them. I just killed a bit of their time. It felt like such a waste. From that point on, all I wanted was to make something that had something, no matter how big or small, important to say. Something to give. And that is how... Danny Trejo gave us Unravel. <laughs> Thanks, Danny Trejo. <laughs> yes, a PlayStation Move fighting game with Danny Trejo gave us Unravel. So, from the development diaries, solid stalls of the exact moment Unravel became the game he wanted to spearhead. Yarny and Unravel were born out of a single spark of inspiration. I had this thought. What if we could make a game about love? A game where the bonds we form with other people were actual, real, physical bonds. Like strands of yarn. And what if you could play as a character that was actually made from that stuff? And that idea kept growing, and the more I thought about it, the more it felt like a real thing. An important thing. A game that needed to be made. Yarn became a symbol of love, of longing and connection. It's the red thread that runs through our lives and ties everything together. The game would be about reaching out, about mending broken bonds. You will play as a little being made from yarn, tethered to something important at the start of the game. And you would try to make it to the end without unraveling, so you could use your yarn to reconnect things that weren't meant to be apart. And that little being became Yarny, a helper, a positive force, this fragile but capable character that you guide through the world, a brave little thing with a huge heart, watches the world with childlike curiosity and wonder, and accomplishes great things despite being so small. I wanted a character that would inspire empathy, that would make you care, because that's a big part of what the game is about, caring and connecting. I created Yarny when I was on a camping trip with my family. I made a doll from materials that I basically scavenged and just started playing with it, and posing it and taking pictures, trying to come up with what the actual game would be like. It was just a really beautiful process. I was out in nature, such an inspiring environment. I was basically just playing and having fun and trying to capture what that felt like. 
All right, so you heard from Stalin that it, more or less that's the through line of the entire game, just just like using yarn as, as oh, just, just as a connective tissue towards relationships, and that, that's more or less what's explained at the very end. Because there, there's these little um, passages after you complete a level, there's about like oh gosh, like ten or eleven of them. It's it's told from perspective of this grandmother who has lived in this rural part of town all of her life through like grandkids, um, her, like living with her, with her husband, and this this yarn yarn person, yarn man, what, what do you want to call, call, call them? Yarny. Yarny, yeah, exactly. Yarny, <laughs> Yarny is exploring um, different parts of her life and through her, her kid's life. Just, just through like different, just through different photos that uh, the grandmother has, because it starts out just, just as a creation of like a, oh whoops, Granny <laughs> lost a bit of yarn, <laughs> and then suddenly Yarny comes out, mm-hmm. and all you're doing is is exploring the front front yard, and that progresses more outward outside of their property and into more elaborate settings like the sea or or a mountain trail. Or like some like some misty bog, and so on. Like, like you, you can tell where this is going. Yeah. But <laughs> before we get to our main event of our, before we get to the main event of what level we actually picked for this, we want to get delve a little into the honorable mentions. We have about two out of uh, oh gosh, out of the twelve or so levels involved. Sarah, you want to go ahead and say which one of the ones you we have. Sorry. Sarah, you mentioned the C and the letter. Two of those were all or standouts to you for what exact reasons? Um, let's see. the le- The letter was the one with the crows. The crows. Um, it was it was like I believe like level eight in it. So so it's, it's the furthest along of, of the three we we more or less want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the letter specifically because it seemed like probably the last instance in the game where they introduce a new mechanic. Which is pretty straightforward. It's just that you have to um, hide behind objects to like hide from these crows who you disturbed by knocking over a bucket, and now they're all trying to attack you. Um, so that was pretty fun. I thought the animation in, in the um, regarding the animals in this game in general was pretty good, but watching the crows kind of seamlessly come in and out of the background as um, let's see as I don't know objects you could interact with, not interact, but they could interact with you certainly. Right. Um, was was pretty interesting to see. Although the one criticism I had about that level, which probably kept it from being the selected level, so to speak, was that the timing of the crows seemed pretty much random. It wasn't as if you could memorize a pattern to dodge them. You know, it was kind of a crapshoot as to whether you made it across that level. The crows, the birds seemed fairly relentless, like, like yeah. annoyingly so. Like, like my, my biggest criticisms of Unravel are actually like the actual gameplay part of it. Like, everything mm-hmm. else is, is just like incredibly solid. This is incredibly. Four, like, incredibly solid four out of five, four out of five game for mm-hmm. me, because uh, just the actual gameplay of it, it's, it's like <sighs> this could have been less difficult. <laughs> like it, it, it was kind of like unnecessarily difficult, especially the, the like the oh gosh, a lot of the physics puzzles. Mm-hmm. I noticed like there, there was like two times that we had that, that, that we had like oh gosh, like a half hour's worth of trouble. Oh yeah, just just trying to figure out one puzzle, mm-hmm. and it's like you'd think it's so obvious, but it kind of is and you you're mentioning like like the creative directors like one kind of bit of like well we kind of made it that way because you know like we're, we're trying to say something here 
Yeah, it's it seemed like it seemed like to the dev it was very important that the that the gameplay kind of speaks to the story in a in a in a way. Like specifically like you're 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 moving through the game as an effort to help grandma with her scrapbooking basically. At the end of every level there's like a little yarn token that you pick up to put in her scrapbook to complete it. Like a butterfly, a raven, a piece of a heart, mm-hmm. and so on. You just kind of like signify like, oh, you beat this level. This is what's you know more or less you associate with this level. Mm-hmm. Like with the letter, it's a little little like yarn, red yarn uh, bird. Yeah, yeah. And you put these tokens in the scrapbook, and the further along you get, the more like notes you see written from the grandma in the scrapbook. And the overarching theme is that she's trying to put together this scrapbook as a way to remember her family, who, who've all, like, grown up and moved out and all that sort of thing. So she's trying to sort of, through, through this scrapbook, maintain these relationships that have all kind of, you know, evolved in their own sort of a way so that they're not as strong as they once were. So the game is, you know, I think, I think there was a quote from the creator that says, if we make one person call their mom, we've succeeded. <laughs> so the game is, is kind of a, a call to action for people to kind of you know, pick up those old relationships with with family and you know long lost loved ones and all that and all that sort of a thing, and just pick those back up and just you know put a little maintenance work into them, and just maintain those relationships. And the point of all that is to say that this you know it's kind of difficult to do, but it's it's easy once you figure it out. You know, it's difficult to to restart an old relationship like th- like that, but it's easy to just you know keep keep talking to people, keeps you know keep in contact. So the analogy to the gameplay there was that the puzzles he said should be difficult to do, get difficult to figure out, but easy once you have. So like a solution should be obvious, but it'll take you a little bit to get there. Right, right. And back to the scrapbook. <laughs> mm-hmm. a- a- after you complete every every level, like you start to see like about like four or five sets of photos mm-hmm. involved, or it's it's more or less blurry, like a. Like before you you unlock those, so if you're looking at like a upcoming levels, like in the in the uh, in the scrapbook, you see like oh the the bits of writing that the great grandmother does is all blurry, and you kept on like swiping more into the book, you see like oh there's there's more blurry photos, and like oh what do these mean? Like you have to play the level to actually like un- like uh, reveal those. Once you connect all those threads, metaphorically <laughs> speaking, in this game. <laughs> But back to the letter, back to the crow level. Mm-hmm. Um, it did seem unnecessarily difficult at mm-hmm. times, but then again, like it, it, it was, it was, it was neat for what it did. Like it forced you to just like, okay, you have to hide from these crows. It's, it's another level that that was forcing you to like realize, like, yeah, you're like three inches of yarn. You can easily be picked mm-hmm. up for food. And it was actually really, like, like really, oh, I would say, funny. <laughs> the, the first couple of times, or, or you, you just start like running, like, like, can you get to the, the to the shovel in time before like a crow picks you up? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh nope, nope, I guess not. <laughs> or you, you try to you, your swing mechanic to like, okay, I'm gonna go back and forth, see, so see if I can evade them. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, nope, nope, they can fly. <laughs> They're very quick. Mm-hmm. But just like, no, you see, you see Yarny be picked up and like <laughs> flown right into the screen. It's like, oh, I guess he's off, <laughs> off being chow, I guess. Rest in pieces, Yarny. Rest in threads. Mm-hmm. Rit. <laughs> Rit. <laughs> but it was an honorable mention because, not because of that, but uh, the first sequence is w- 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 that really difficult sequence where you're trying to evade the crows. And then it brings you back again. Mm. <laughs> t- t- 
to to the same I don't want to say the same spot, but the same predicament. It's like you you have all this like open 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 field, and it's like how the hell am I gonna get across this? And you see this well, and it's like oh, am I supposed to use this this well bucket to get through? And just like sure enough, you have to go, you have to go across this field like Metal Gear Solid like, <laughs> and just like use this bucket to just like hide your way across the field until you reach the end. And it was this is like nice little bit of I don't want to say touching, but but this nice little peace offering like Yarnied has with um, the crow at the end, where you're just like oh like you're at the very end of the level, you have like a little bit of cutscene where Yarnie is Yarnie's gonna do something on their own. And you see, like, oh, this this crow's stuck on something. Like, I'll I'll help them out, and then you you, you do it again, and it's like, oh well, it's sort of inferred, like, okay, yeah, they're cool now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're cool with the birds now. Well, I think it was a magpie too. It was a magpie. Yeah, yeah, because the crows were all black, but the magpie had had like white markings. So it's like you come upon this this trapped bird, and you have every reason to believe that if you free it, it's going to attack you. But on the other hand, there's no way to progress through the level. But there's also those little white markings on it that kind of signify mm-hmm. like, no, this is a different kind of bird. It might behave differently. Why don't you try it out? Mm-hmm. So that was what I liked about that level. Like the kind of like touching peace offering with the, the birds, but also the fact that they kind of subtly hinted like, hey, this, you know, this bird might do something different. Why don't you check it out? Mm-hmm. So. And the other level, the sea, which was actually the second level after the uh, first one, that was another like a, I don't want to say interesting one to play. Because that one really highlighted how, like, okay, no, we're gonna try to be a little more different, or try like, just just a, a unique experience in this one, like, nice and calm level. That one, that one had a similar mechanic to the crows too, which is the sea itself. Like, you would have to dodge the waves every so often, but being as they're waves, their pattern was a lot more predictable than crows flying at you. Right, right, mm-hmm. and you have to swing like underneath the docks. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, like there's several interesting ways you can use Yarny's abilities. You, you, you can throw out a piece of yarn to latch onto um, a little, like a little uh, ledge, and you can swing across, swing back and forth, or you can like attach yourself to like a like a little little grappling grappling point. And between two grappling points, you can create like a a little bridge or, or like or like a little mini trampoline mm-hmm. just to reach different areas. And there's also the, the pull mechanic where you just like latch onto something and you just hold onto it and just go go backwards or you know push forward with it. There's a lot of those just, just to help with the traversal and you're just just helping with your traversal of the general world. But is there anything else you wanted to mention about the sea? Um just kind of Jumping off of that was that the sea in particular is an early level, so they're kind of teaching you in that level like the extent of the swinging you can do, and and mm-hmm. you're trying to time your sw- your swings between sea waves. So that's pretty enjoyable to do. Um, it's it kind of balances like difficulty with enjoyability for that one, I think. But being as it's kind of a level where they're kind of teaching you things, it wasn't particularly interesting. Not as interesting as the level we were we were planning to talk about. I don't think. And that level mm-hmm. is. Mountain, Mountain Trek. Trek. <laughs> so this one's actually a real, <laughs> I don't want to say like a real short one, but it, it, was, it was just one of those levels where it's, you, join, you enjoy so much and it's like, oh wow, is, we're done already? <laughs> like you, you, you're not even like thinking about like how, how long it takes or like how frustrating it is, even though when Sarah and I played it, we did run into just like some like <laughs> just just like odd frustrations because again. Beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Everything's rendered rendered 
like really well and the scenery is real nice but then again you have this very very video gaming thing it's like okay what can i can and cannot interact mm -hmm. with at all because we ran into this issue is like uh how the hell are we supposed to like progress like i, I we don't know how and we're trying we're, we're trying to tie yarny to the different things see if we can like swing up to somewhere and it's like no he doesn't swing up that far <laughs> and they're like we, we eventually just gave up and like look at the guy and it's like oh you move a rock yeah oh <laughs> literally right out oh. of the gate we run into this <laughs> like we we can't even y move yarny 50 feet before we run into like an, an like an unclimbable ledge, mm -hmm. and there's a couple red herrings in this this particular stretch literal, of level. Almost literal red, red yeah. herrings, because they're red. red. <laughs> they're they're like little um, yarn things you can tie yourself onto, but they're mostly just for fun. Like, hey, if you want to swing along the way to the to the end of this level, you can do it. Right. But we thought you could use it to solve a puzzle, and you certainly could not. Um, but it turns out there was a beautifully rendered rock sitting underneath the log, and you could, it turns out you could pull the lock, the the le, 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 the rock <laughs> underneath the log to fell the log and climb up the log to the rest of the level and we stuck we were stuck there for at least 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah but it's more of it's it's a complaint more or less systemic to unravel mm -hmm. itself is it's not in, in particular to the level because we certainly had like issues elsewhere where it's like we don't know where to go like what's like what's the obvious thing we're missing here mm -hmm. but back to a more more positive note mountain trek mm -hmm. what is what is the the, the <laughs> more or less? What's the reason why you picked it? Because I, I have my own reasons. <laughs> I think Mountain Trek is probably the level in this game that best shows off everything that the game is good at. I think um, the graphics are beautiful, but they're always beautiful. But they also show off like a little underground groundhog's den where they can kind of show off their underground. Um, art assets a little bit. They have like mushrooms that glow mm -hmm. in the dark and there's like, you know, underground rivers and all this cool stuff. But you know, it's a groundhog's den because they also introduce a groundhog chase sequence. And you know, being as you're three inches tall, a groundhog is very big. And <laughs> I think you tick it off. I forget what I did to tick it off, but it's very angry at you and it chases it, it chases you through its den. And th in this particular sequence, they also show off the soundtrack quite a bit. Um, it's, it's like based off of like Swedish folk music, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and up until this point it has been like really peaceful, you know, perfectly suited to like a, a trek through the woods as a three foot tall yarn, three inch tall yarn man, yarn person. Um, and, but as soon as the groundhog starts, starts chasing you, it like kicks into high gear. <laughs> yeah. No more mood settings. It's like, oh snap. It's like you imagine whatever <laughs> Swedish folk song they were like dancing a really freak, really freaking hearty jig, you know, just just sweating while they're they're tapping or whatever. I don't know, um, but you know, they show off the soundtrack that way. Um, there's a, there's a cute little bit where you finally get to stop the groundhog by like stomping on mushrooms that release spores that the groundhog doesn't like, and so you mm -hmm. figure out how to stop it that way. Um, and even even when you die during the groundhog sequence, it's like you can't be mad at it. Like, for reference, probably the most difficult sequence in the in Mountain Trek was the stupid rock thing. Like, you can <laughs> die at the groundhog, but it's a groundhog. You can't, you know... It, it gives <laughs> you a sense of urgency mm -hmm. that, that Unravel doesn't really entirely have sometimes. Mm -hmm. where, where you have a puzzle, and you, you realize, like, oh, like, a bunch of rock cities are, are falling down, and, like, I need to hurry up and, mm -hmm. and like, progress somehow. But most of the time, it, it just... 
gives you like an area to explore and figure out. Mm-hmm. I mean, some other areas where, where it's like, oh yeah, there's a b- bunch of mosquitoes coming at you, you have to, you have to swam away, or there's a bunch of cockroaches you have to try to avoid and, and, and like shine a light on different areas so, so you can progress. Mm-hmm. But more or less, it's, it's all like, well, if you're you're if you're in their path, then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you are not Yarny anymore. <laughs> but even even the the groundhog level, just 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 just, just like, I'll, 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 it's probably the, like the second most horrifying way to lose Yarny. Get mauled by a groundhog. Exactly, yeah, because mm-hmm. it literally just like pounces on you and, and just like shakes it head. Yeah, exactly. A just rabid dog. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the first one's obviously the cockroaches. It's, it's, oh, it's very yeah. much like... Those no- are creepy. Yeah, it, entirely, because they swarm fast mm-hmm. in, in in that one uh, construction level. They have the little skittering cockroach noises, just just to let you know exactly what you're Extra doing. Extra creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just gnaw at your legs, and mm-hmm. you can see Yarnies is Clearly, just just like, it's like, no! Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Why do you suck so bad? <laughs> just like he, he, he's made out of wood, and there's a bunch of termites, yeah, you know, like straight out of a cartoon. It's yep. like, oh, he's gone. Yep. yep. Bye. <laughs> so again, like uh, the groundhog gives a, a sense of urgency that I, I, you don't really feel in Unravel that much, but it wasn't so much like it being too difficult to continue to do so mm-hmm. but it was just added like oh you need to figure this out fast mm-hmm. and like mountain trek as a whole like we, we picked it because it, it didn't rely so much on challenge mm-hmm. it, it kind of sort of like still eased you into the experience of unravel because like later later in the game it does get into that more complicated stuff where you have to tie yourself to different um items to different um grappling areas and that it, 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 it just too get it gets too complicated for its own good. Mm-hmm. Again, ev- everything but the actual gameplay, <laughs> great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would say, Mountain Trek is at that sweet spot where the game has introduced you to all the mechanics it's going to for for the better part of a game, and it trusts you enough to start solving a little bit more difficult puzzles, but it's not throwing the really hard shit at you yet. Mm-hmm. Because there's also a sequence a sequence. Um, where the groundhog is in hiding for a little bit, and you're exploring its den um, while it's not chasing you. And then the camera p- zooms out, and you can see kind of like a large puzzle sequence. It's a groundhog den, so it has all these tunnels and burrows and all this sort of, and all these things. And you can see rocks that you can clearly interact with. You know, it's pretty obvious at this point. Um, and then there's lots of there's lots of like little like red yarn tied nails that you can tie yourself to. And um, this is a pretty good puzzle sequence because you can. Like, it trusts you enough to know that I can tie a bridge here, and I can push this rock here, and I can put it on, you know, this weight, and I can open up this. I can cause this avalanche, and there's also some collectibles I can get to if I do this and this and that. Um, so not only is not only is there the the chase sequence in this level, but there's also it also has kind of a interesting puzzle that kind of shows off all the puzzle mechanics that you've learned up until this point. Mm-hmm. So. And it, it kind of started. It was like this. Also, this first sequence. Where you you have this little river like a like a, oh gosh splitting the level in half where you have to like hop on this log like in the middle of the river and it's like okay how are you gonna get across and then you, you tie yourself onto it and, and then this this fish just just like propels you forward mm-hmm. onto on, on the other side of the uh, river and then it just stops you like okay I'm supposed to jump off and and then eventually the fish just, just like knocks you off your log <laughs> and, and, and give, give this this. this 
a slow motion sequence that was both like kind of like I don't say unnerving, but <laughs> but it was like simultaneously like kind of cool to see. It's like oh man, slow motion Yarny, but also like slow motion Yarny is it? <laughs> this isn't really an action game, but it, it's a little bit of action, and it's like oh man, like Yarny's doing a big stun. <laughs> Tiny yarn matrix. Exactly. <laughs> Bullet. But it, again, like combined with the music and that sequence. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was it was the moment where I realized like oh wow this this, this game is feels truly special mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah, the fish was was an amazing set piece. That's definitely kind of a wow moment for the game because up, I think up until that point you hadn't seen it, it do like a, a big astonishing like set piece thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple moments later in the game where you where you turn like a log into a sled or something, or like you do something similar. But this is the first time when they introduced, like, yeah, you, you can we can do some crazy things with, with, I don't know, with seemingly normal, like, everyday, like, animals and objects when you're three three inches tall. You can, you can make the mm-hmm. uh, little things in life and mm-hmm. nature spectacular. Exactly. By being three inches tall mm-hmm. and just exploring this world. Mm-hmm. Now, there was another point you were, you were mentioning to me earlier when we were playing it, just, like, with the gopher sequence and then the, just interacting with the different types of animals present in the game. It made the little things important mm-hmm. it, it, it did remind me of like, like little little games like chibi robo where you, you're just you're just this little you're just a little this little thing like interacting with the, with the world mm-hmm. around you or more more or less the, the household you're in I don't know. but again the, the idea of you being three inches tall mm-hmm. like everything is significant like all mm-hmm. the little things like this tiny little little twig you see like yeah that's, that's gonna matter later on in the game Anything else you want to say about Mountain Trek? So you want to talk a little bit about the music at all? We do have a clip from one of the dev diaries from Unravel, just talking about the, this particular word you use in Swedish cultures to, de- to describe this sort of uh, pleasant melancholy. Mm-hmm. I'll play it. There's a very good word in Swedish called viamud. It's best translated as a kind of beautiful melancholy, like looking back with love at something that you've lost. It's often used to describe this part of the world, and it's something we've absolutely tried to bring across in the music. So, Sarah, what did you think of the music so much? Because th- th- that was definitely the standout thing about Unravel, BB sets of scenery, because they, they wanted to convey their story, obviously, purely through the uh, visual visual spectrum here, mm-hmm. and just using music as a backbone bone of the entire experience mm-hmm. um well as i think i mentioned earlier um it seems like they use some of the melodies some of the melodies were borrowed from like swedish folk music um as i recall they hired local musicians to record it and it's probably interesting to note that they only use you could say natural instruments there's no there's no electronic instruments there's no synths it, it's not like most i don't know contemporary video game music in that way it's exclusively recorded recorded physical instruments and it adds a lot to the game like you know as i was saying with mountain trek for the most part it's it's very peaceful and that you know pleasant melancholy is probably a very good way to describe it and it also it also really highlights those moments when when you need to not be feeling pleasant melancholy when you need to be like getting up and going so feeling this existential dread because it it, kind of delves a little bit into it's like oh what happened to this town this corporation came Mm -hmm. in and 
cut all this wood and you can more or less dumping toxic waste. I mean, it's not exactly subtle and, and mm-hmm. what, what like, hey, this corporation's bad. And you <laughs> see that clearly there's this business dude like shredding documents as, as you're like trying to traverse through this office. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 it jumps around a lot to like different vignettes of, of, of the grandmother's life. Mm-hmm. But um, the soundtrack was, was done by Frida Johansson and Henrik Ola. All right. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. I would hope I would get it right after that Wolfenstein uh, episode, also made by Swedish devs. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Any closing comments on Unravel? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to note that he picked red as the yarn color. Um, I think you mentioned that in the first clip In the first clip you played that... I don't, I don't know if there's a, a Swedish legend tied to this, but I know for sure there's, there's kind of an East Asian legend that there's like an invisible red thread that ties people who are fated to meet. In, in particular, it can be lovers, and I'm sure probably this old woman, you know, mm-hmm. had a husband that maybe a red thread tied her to in, in some kind of imagination of this legend, but I don't know, I like I the choice of a red thread, specifically because most of this game is told without words, and making, making that symbolic choice kind of says to me that this is a game that can play, be played and understood by lots of types of people. You know, mm-hmm. if you've ever had, like, a family relationship that you maybe haven't kept up with as much as you should, you'll understand this game. So. Yeah. Another thing, too, like, <laughs> red obviously stands out in, in a bunch of greenery. That's true. <laughs> and also, like, you mentioned, like, the East Asian um, philosophy mm-hmm. of red yarn or, like, a like red string, so yeah. to speak. I immediately jumped to your name. Like, yes. Yes. I remember yes. like a sequence where it's like, oh, they 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 tatter around their fingers. Like, what am I supposed to remember this? Mm-hmm. Who is this from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without getting into spoilers, there, but there's a big plotline involving that. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll see that in anime a lot. But um, you know, it's there's there's Japanese versions, there's Korean versions. I think there's Chinese versions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I say East Asian not to be not to paint it as a monolith, but to say that there are variations on that legend depending on the country. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, then. That about does it for this episode. Sarah, would you like to plug anything? <laughs> you know I don't, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have social media except for Facebook, but please don't look for me on Facebook. I just use it to post updates about, I don't know, today I wore a different colored sweater than I did yesterday. So, you know, it's not interesting. Don't follow me. That's she funny. doesn't even post that. No, not, yeah, <laughs> no. One time I wore a Hanukkah sweater. That's why I came to mind. That was that was the most yeah, interesting sweater I've ever I wore worn. the uh, Alf sweater too. Yeah, yeah. and it had like cats on the embroidery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can follow me at Twenty Three Reach for whatever reason. I'll probably be tweeting out this episode you're listening to right now, and you can check out Patreon.com/PNB on uh, the play- the PNB Network's Patreon for three dollars. You can get gate additional episodes of sometimes level select and a whole bunch of other shows. On top of that, if, if you want to guest on the show, and if I'm not reaching out to you directly, or if there's a particular game you want to talk about with a particular level, I don't know. Does Toy Story 2 have a fantastic level? It could. I don't know. Why don't you tell me? For $5 for three months, you can give that a whirl and let us know. And that should do it. Is there a particular closing song you want to end out with, Sarah? From the Unravel soundtrack? From the... Oh, I don't know about the Unravel soundtrack, but I know I know that the de- the developer said that Bjork's song Unravel influenced um, his <laughs> conception of this game. 
So Really? Yes. Wow, okay. Yes. <laughs> I have never heard of that before. Okay. <laughs> I'll look for Bjork Unravel. Yeah. <laughs> Just literally the tongue unravel. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. It's got that pleasant melancholy that the Swedes like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Is she Swedes? I don't B- know. Bjork? Or it's, it's Bjork, B- so Bjork? She's, she's probably Scandinavian. Some, some, some I've t- never looked too much into it. So some some type of like pale European, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tune in next episode for Hitman Sniper Challenge. This PNB Network production was brought to you by Aziz 2A Jerry, Wes, and Hannah Temke.